Welcome to the Disc Collective Podcast. We're glad you could join us. I'm Greg Lambrecht, founder of Intrinsic Therapeutics and one of the inventors of the Barricade Annular Closure Device. In this interview series, Beating the Odds of Reherniation, you'll hear from Dr. Pierce Nunley, Director of the Spine Institute of Louisiana, and Professor Claudius Tomei, the Director of Neurosurgery at the University of Innsbruck, Austria. You're listening to Chapter 5, Benefits, Risks, and Lessons. So without further ado, let's hear from these two great spine surgeons. Well, good morning, everybody, and really pleasure to, to be here and be with my colleague, Claudius Tomei. You know, um, one thing we don't want to do when we put an implant in somebody is maybe we're helping them, but we don't want to cause a problem. So I guess first speak to the complications and risks and difficulties of placing the device um, and what you perceive those to be, and then maybe secondarily, um, learning curve. Yeah. Well, the, the main problem is for surgeons starting with that technology is that when you put it for the first time, it's a huge device. And you think, oh my God, this is as big as my whole approach and everything, particularly if you use tubes. And you're, you're, um, this is a surprise and, 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 and it's an obstacle at first. Um, because you don't realize that actually the edges or the, the, the flap is quite smooth in itself. And I personally have never seen a dural injury by putting it in. Um, but there obviously there have been some, um, but, but, but rarely. So, so at first, um, what, what I would recommend is if you talk about implantation and complications of implantation is do a little bigger laminotomy, as you said previously, maybe. We don't do a facetectomy and the, the facet joint is, is by, by large obviously preserved in a disc case. But, but take those one or two millimeters extra when you start with the technique. Um, and some people actually take a little more also medially um, towards the spinous process so that they're able to put a nerve hook in, and a, a, a retractor inside more medially. And then it's actually very straightforward. But at first, this, this first shock, if you will, how big the device is, is, is difficult for some surgeons. And, um, but on the other hand, you wanna, we want it to be wide, as we said, the wider, the better. Right. Um, but this is, this is the learning curve that's to it. And I would recommend to do a little more bone work before, which may take some extra time in your first cases to get acquainted with it. But the overall complications during implantation are, are very, very low. Um, we were more worried um, with the study with those end plate changes. Um, and if, if for those who are aware of the literature, I think we published 10 papers just on end plate changes because we found that there was some reaction of the end plates to the devices. You see this after microdiscectomy alone as well, but, but far less than you see it with the, with the device. And we, we thought, oh, this is going to be a problem. And they may develop low back pain or whatsoever. So it took a lot of effort to really look into this data. And now I was a little skeptical at first that the, the company um, kind of urged us to do CT scans and MRIs every year in those patients because CT mm. was a problem with the ethics committees. Right. But we are very happy about it now because we could follow those end plane changes for now five years and could see that they don't seem to have any negative impact on patients. Interestingly, we even found that those that have more end plane changes in the barricade group 
seem to do a little better. It's not statistically significant, but at least it's not the other way around. They're not trending and, worse, right? Yes, they're not trending worse at all. It's, it's actually the opposite. They're trending a little better. So what would you say to a surgeon as far as how many cases they would need to do to feel comfortable? To be honest, the first two are the most difficult because once you've realized that the device is big, but it goes in nicely, then you're then you're you're okay. But um, I would think after five you feel okay. After ten you'll feel comfortable. Yeah, I, I share that same experience. I remember the first one you always go slow, but then after that I just take the burr and I go medial, so I can get my nerve retractor in there, and and you just start with that. You don't you don't go backwards. You just start from the beginning, and you know that that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, I I, I really share that. Now. The other issue comes into what if I convert them to a fusion? Do I need to take the device out? Can I work around it? You know, is this going to burn a bridge? Is this going to cause me a problem or the patient a problem? Or they see my colleague next door, him a problem or her, when they have to deal with a reoperation or a fusion? Well, Luckily, we've had to remove and reoperate very few patients, but those we did, we in some of them, particularly in the beginning, we removed the device. There's a particular removal tool to, to take the anchor out. But after this, we haven't done it anymore because it's it's quite straightforward. You can you can cut off the flap if you want to. But for most patients, what we did, uh, what we did, what was done in the study, because as I said we don't have that many that we needed to reoperate. You just do a T-lift from the other side. And that's the, a very straightforward thing. You don't even have to worry about the implant on the other side if you go for a fusion. Um, if you don't go for a fusion, you, you can remove the device. And since it's the anchor is quite small, it can actually, once you hook it with, with, the, with the removal tool, it's quite straightforward to, to remove it. But if you go for a fusion, the anchor is not going to harm your procedure at all. And we also, we looked at complications of second operations in our, in our um, 550 patient study, and there was no difference in complication rates or duration of surgery. It was, it was basically the same because you, you do not burn any bridges. The easiest, as I said, is to do a T-lift from the other side. And Well, I think the interesting thing is... When we use a device, we obviously want to know that it's not only going to work, and, and as you just explained, it doesn't seem to burn any bridges. I was going to say from our perspective, we do a lot of anterior A-lifts and laterals. I think from the lateral perspective, it's not going to be an issue because most people want to put their laterals slightly anterior. We're now doing a lot of O-lifts. I think that there's uh, room for that. For now, we'll uh, say thank you to everybody for uh, paying attention and take care and have a great day and everybody be safe. Stay tuned to hear from the experts on the future of annular closure next time on the final chapter six. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe wherever you're listening. To watch the entire interview, head over to youtube.com forward slash barricade. To download a copy of the publication synopsis, visit barricade.com and click the publish clinical evidence section or contact your local representative for a print brochure. Keep in mind that the products discussed in this podcast have labeling limitations. Barricade is indicated for reducing the incidence of reherniation and reoperation in skeletally mature patients with radiculopathy, with or without back pain, attributed to a posterior or posterior lateral herniation, and confirmed by history, physical examination, and imaging studies, which demonstrate neural compression 
using MRI to treat a large annular defect between four and six millimeters tall and between six and 10 millimeters wide, following a primary discectomy procedure at a single level between L4 and S1. All medical devices have risks. Please refer to barricade.com instructions for a full list of benefit and risk information. U.S. law restricts this device to sale by or on the order of a physician. The guests on this podcast are consultants of intrinsic therapeutics. Until next time on the Discollective Podcast. Mm-hmm.